Trump's hilarious $99 NFT cards. Thoughts on the Trump NFT cards? My thoughts? Is there anyone not mocking Trump's NFT cards? I don't think you need to know my thoughts. It is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. $99 for digital cards. Okay, so Trump has made, spent most of his life doing poor moves for himself. But you'd think even he'd have enough awareness to realize how bad this would look in terms of optics. I think the damage to his brand is worth more than what he's going to make off these NFTs. Like Trump is old as fuck. So maybe there's just someone who's like, oh yeah, man, you get heaps of money from these NFTs, bro. It's like the newest thing. The kids love them. But he's getting mocked from like every corner. So as Trump's previous lawyer once admitted, this whole politics thing for Trump was a grift and an attempt to build his brand. But some people never want to accept that, but I'm hoping with this NFT thing that it become even obvious, obvious to even those people that that is true. Like this is all just Trump and his ego trying to draw more attention to himself. And he doesn't really give a shit about anyone but himself. But again, I don't think people are going to accept that. In the same way with Elon Musk, it, it doesn't matter. Exactly. NFTs right now, who's advising this guy? I mean, at the peak of NFTs, while they were always obviously a scam to a lot of people, the huge dip in the market is enough for those people who still don't understand NFTs are a scam. Enough for them to be even be like, why would you bring these out now? Because the whole market's shredded. The facade of Andrew Tate. What do I think about Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a guy who made a lot of money fighting and didn't make much money from anything else other than webcams with uh, cam girls. Then he started a course where he says he can teach you how to make a fuck ton of money, despite no history of earning money any other way than those two ways. And he makes now millions of dollars a month because he's convinced idiots that he can help them get rich, even though the only two mechanisms he used to get rich cannot be repeated by other people. And that if he had a mechanism to get rich outside of the now three ways he's made money, he would be simply using that method instead of selling a course. People who sell financial courses like that, they're all scams and or are just repackaged basic information that you can get in like your local bookstore, but with a charismatic face. People who have methods to make legitimate money, and often quickly, are using those methods themselves, they're not selling them. Because they have no reason to sell them, if they're successful. With all this being said, it was shocking seeing him on Twitter. He just posted a picture and got like 500,000 likes. He is ridiculously popular, and it's scary. Knowing that so many people could be taken in by a con man fills me with a level of dread that you can't fathom. And I just don't like thinking about it. I have a very tenuous grasp on my own ability to uh, smile every day, and I don't like to be reminded of such things. Streamers' insensitivity backfires. This next topic is one that we've talked about before, but it's making the rounds because of this particularly terrible clip of this dude from uh, Twitch. I'm sure you've heard about it by now. It's what's well, got 3.5 million views. I know that I'm also in the wrong a little for saying, well, my mum died in a stream after being asked where I have been. But the response just isn't it, fam. I made a twit longer to share a little background, but here you go. Curvy, where the fuck have you been? Oh my god, well, tell you what, Miss Dirty Curvy, you know what we're not gonna do? We're not gonna talk about it in my chat. Because it's Friday, and that is a whole big bucket of bummer. And I'm sorry for your loss, but we're not doing that in my fucking chat. Thank you. Well, okay, Mr. Dirty Kirby, you said, no, that's fine. You asked, so I told. No, I didn't ask you to tell me the biggest fucking bummer news in the world. I said, hey, what's up? How are you? You know what? Let me give you a little bit of a lesson, Mr. Dirty Kirby. When something really, really bad is going on in your life, and in a public forum, someone asks you, hey, what's up? How are you? There are two acceptable responses. Uh, responses. 
good and you know what i'll make it through that's it how are you good or you know what i'll make it through awesome love to hear it see there you go or prom's response i, yeah, I said prom how are you doing she says i'm alive there you go oh i asked you where you were look mr d kirby all i'm trying i'm just subtly trying to tell you that unloading really heavy news in people's chats on twitch is not like good etiquette it's just it's not the place to do it that's all i'm trying to tell you that's it i'm just i figured this is a good opportunity to inform you heavy news like that when someone asks hey where have you been you don't need to tell them well my dog died my husband left me for a younger woman my house burnt down and my car got stolen so i've been a little bit busy that's why i haven't been around because it's like oh god like oh uh, oh uh, like you know like if if someone asks like, hey what's up where have you been and it's heavy just be like i had a bunch of shit going on so i've been lying low for a little while got it that's it <laughs> i'm not trying to rip you a new ass so after getting raked on twitter he made an apology that was entirely insincere and then he went on his stream and did this um i know you know about what's happening lately you know on twitter and stuff and i just want to thank you for bringing some people to the channel and and hopefully like if you could and this is part of the prayer just make them not be a bunch of whining pussies like if at all possible i know you can't control the internet and People have free will, so they're gonna do what they want. But like, if there's something you could do to make sure that like, just a bunch of whining, sniveling, obnoxious, annoying little bitches don't come to the channel, that would be really fucking cool. But if they do, that's okay. That's fine, I can handle it. I'm just, you know, asking the big guy for some help. So on one hand, there is something called like trauma dumping, I believe they call it, where a person will go into a Twitch chat, they'll donate three bucks to get an alert, and they'll go like, hey man, here's all the things that are going on in my life, I don't know how I can deal with it anymore, I'm thinking about killing myself, and you give some sympathy, and they'll go on and on, and they'll attempt to take over the stream to make it about them and their problems, trying to pour out their heart and soul. And as an entertainer, you can't let that really happen, because it's ultimately going to derail the experience for everyone who's there. But that's not what happened here. This person, when asked what was going on in their life, said, Oh, my mom died. And in response to that, it's like, Oh, that sucks. That's terrible. I'm sorry for your loss. And you move on. This person wasn't attempting to ask for solutions to all the problems in the world or dump every problem in their life going right now on this dude and his chat. They were asked where they were and gave a response. When you hear, if, if, you, are, if you ask someone how they are and you don't give a shit, then you've made the mistake there. Why would you ever ask a person how they're doing if you don't actually care? I've talked before about how it must suck to not care about other people and therefore have to fake it because you're going to make a mistake sometime. This dude does not care about anyone but himself and has now slipped up for everyone to see. If you tell me your mother dies, I actually feel bad for you. I don't have to fake being like, that is really terrible. I'm sorry for your loss because I feel that. When, when someone talks about losing their loved one, I think, what, like, how would I feel if my mother died? I feel terrible. Even in cases with that trauma dumping, which I talked about before, you feel for these people because they, they just want an outlet to get some feedback and to, to have people commiserate and share the struggles they're going through. And the only reason you don't help people who are truly 
engaging in that sort of trauma dumping is because one, you're unqualified to do so. You don't really, two, you don't really know the person. And three, it does ruin the experience for everyone else. But in this particular case, he asked how she was going. If you don't want other people sharing how they're going to disrupt your stream, you don't ask. The dude seems like a truly terrible person. But understand, understand this dude has an audience. He has people who watch him and watched him do this and will still watch him afterwards. And that's scary. Because when I first saw this, I thought I was going to be get, have to play devil's advocate. Like this person may have like actually attempted to take over the stream and something. But that was not what was happening here. Because we've talked before about the idea that it's not a good thing for viewers to treat live streams as their own personal therapy session. But again, not what happened here. And any attempts to spin in that direction, completely wrong. And now he has an even bigger audience. That could be true. The amount of people who gravitate towards people and respect them based on how little they care about others is scary. That culture of get your bag regardless of the consequences to anyone else is scary. There's a lot of people around like that now. Cults of personality. Sure, they may have fucked over thousands of people and me, but you know, they got their bag, man. Let's go. It's gross. I made a mistake calling out the GTA developers. That one statement I made a long time ago on Twitter where I said the devs should be ashamed of what GTA Online is. That day sunk me with like a ridiculous amount of people who worked at Rockstar. I was just really angry because I had spent the week being DDoSed and kicked from sessions by mod menus. And my original statement I intended to mean that you would feel shame if your name was attached to something that wasn't what you wanted it to be, right? That you're incapable of making uh, something what you, you want it to be, right? It came off like I was blaming them, and then I got pushback for that, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. They do deserve some of the blame. And then I kind of doubled down on that interpretation, which was dumb. Because I don't need to identify issues with GTA Online and lay blame at anyone's feet, right? I have no idea what kind of chain of command exists at GTA Online. I have no idea what control the devs have over anything that happens in the game. So why blame them for anything? It was just a very stupid decision. Because I don't think Rockstar would ever have helped me out in any capacity, right? This isn't an issue of like, oh man, I'm not going to get perks for being friends with Rockstar. That was never going to happen. It's just I don't like the idea that I guess people who work on something that I like so much don't like me. But like I've said, it's like a running joke, me, me shitting on Rockstar for various different things. But I just don't think my criticism isn't justified, right? And I find it hard to believe sometimes when people think it isn't. Is anything truly original? Wally Walabala asks, Do you think true creativity exists? As in, can people come up with completely original ideas? Or are all ideas derivative, mixtures, or mashups of other already existing ideas? The example I like to use is, Think of a color that doesn't exist. That isn't already a manipulation of a color that you've seen before. You can't do it. This is because imagination is limited by experience. What you might be asking though is not, whether you can think up something that is truly separate from the reality of your, your experience, but whether everything is like taken from someone else or has everything been done before. And I assume there is always a first for something. The idea of me, a person existing in the year 2022 named Matthew Judge with the alias Dark Viper AU lifting up a, a coffee off a black table in Australia. If I wrote a story about that, that is something that has never been done before. As long as you keep adding additional qualifiers, eventually you're going to hit something, a set of ideas that has never been done before. There are just so many ways that you can slightly change an idea to make something new, but there will always be portions of that that has been done before because it all ultimately reduces to the experience of humans. 
which you can't break away from. Your imagination is restricted by the experience of your life. And because everyone's lives has commonalities, because we're all human, there will always be some element of what you're creating that has been done by someone before. Was the Franklin DLC any good? Dr. Dre was such a bad DLC. I think as a one-off, it was pretty good, but it wasn't something that was really uh, repeatable, grindable like Kea Perico. Especially because there's that unskippable cutscene in the middle of it that goes for like five minutes. Dr. Dre's music, right? Showing again that DLC was more about the promotion of that music and the collab between Rockstar and Dr. Dre than anything else. The Chainsaw Man anime left me in awe. So Chainsaw Man, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, that's a very good show. Yeah, I, I can see why people would really like it, but it's not that special. A bunch of episodes in, I was kind of getting a little bit bored of it. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, yeah, this is interesting. I'm just still totally going to watch, but it's like, you know, it's a little bit slow right now. And then the last episode that released just like upped the stakes by like 10,000%. It is almost as if they spent an episode or two making things intentionally slow so that when it ramped up, it was just like the biggest whiplash ever. It's like, what the fuck just happened? I have never scrolled back in an anime to be like, how how are we here now? When we were like somewhere completely different like 15 minutes ago, what, what, what happened? It is truly crazy. If you haven't seen Chainsaw Man, which I mean, if you watch anime, there's no way you aren't watching it because everyone's hyped up. It's just, it, <laughs> I was like, wow. Should I retire and follow my gaming dreams? Doing all these setups and stuff, man, it's not the most productive use of my time, but I don't care as much, honestly. I just want to chill and play video games, guys, like the old days. I do sometimes think about doing that, just retiring and just like chilling and playing video games. A lot of creators do that, you know, rather than worrying about what, what is entertaining or being funny and stuff or having creative ideas. I just, you know, say I've done enough and then I just sit back and play video games. I'm old. It's not that when I'm not sleeping well, I just find myself very unmotivated to struggle and do stuff. I get down and I'm just like, what's the point of anything? I know that if I just have a couple of good nights sleep, then my feelings of let's fucking go, son, come back. But uh, in the meantime, it is somewhat a bit more bleaker to exist. Has my spark to speedrun GTA 5 story mode fizzled out? Yeah, man, it seems like you have abandoned the idea of going back to regular story speedrunning, but is it true? This just feels like speedrunning story mode, but new. It feels like an expansion of single player. I have not given up on it. I swear to you, one day you will come on my channel and there will just be constant single player speedruns. It is an aspiration of mine, but I keep getting sidetracked. I find something else of interest. Speedrunning single player is like the 6.5 of my life. Always nice to do. It's fine. But whenever I find a 7 or an 8, I'm like, oh, gotta get on that. And then it takes ages for me to relearn the speedrun. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> do I plan on speedrunning the Diamond Casino heist? If they could be done solo, absolutely. I saw TGG tweet out that they should make the casino heist soloable. Instantly, I would do that. But as long as it's not soloable, then no. TG did a poll where he was like, do you play GT Online solo or with other people? And like 75% said solo. I suspect that still means that they play with random strangers or whatever when they need them for particular highest. But yeah, there are other things that you can speedrun, like the contracts and the Dr. Dre DLC. There are other soloable things that can be speedrun, but this is like the only really interesting one to me. Uh, what do you mean casino solo? Rockstar then had to put some effort into the game. Honestly, surely it's less effort to like revamp older highest than it is to make a new one. I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. Sure, it can lead to the possibility of breaking things, but I mean, adding something new can also do that. 
Is GTA Online the black shape of the GTA franchise? Do I like GTA Online now? That I can now play it makes it possible. You know when you get like a packet of candy of assorted flavors, there's always like that worse flavor. Sometimes you just leave that one to last and you're like, well, it's still candy, I guess. And so you eat it. That's what GTA Online is. It's in the GTA Online kind of universe, but it's like the worst one. But it's like still in the universe. So it's like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do this sometimes. It's fine. Clearly the majority don't think it's the worst one, seeing how successful it is. It is the only thing that Rockstar is releasing content for. It can still be the worst one, but it's the only one being supported. <laughs> I don't think anyone who's played all of the GTAs would ever put GTA Online as anywhere close to their favorite. Some might have fond memories of particular periods in GTA Online history, but as a totality, no. How was I like in my school years? What kind of kid was I at school? I don't know. I didn't really fit into any kind of specific mold, I guess. Like, I was fairly good at most subjects, but not remarkably so. I had friends, people knew me, but people didn't really have strong opinions about me, I suppose. I was just a dude who existed. Like, I sincerely doubt a single person from my high school, if they had to list like the 10 people that they remember most, that I would get in anyone's top 10. I was just a guy. Indoor cricket? Yeah, I played indoor cricket when I was a kid. Played outdoor cricket, played outdoor soccer, indoor soccer, 10-pin bowling. Never crazy good at any of them. The possibility of technology degrading mental ability. I remember saying to a librarian, I think, where I was like, I worry that with autocorrects and, you know, the ability just to type something, shove it into Google and then just copy the result, that slowly over time my spelling will become worse. I'm not sure how true that is, but my maths has definitely gotten worse having access to uh, calculators. Because I recognize that doing anything in my head is going to be, well, faster, obviously less accurate than using a calculator. So I spent the last, you know, decade plus ignoring doing it in my head as much as possible and uh, doing using a calculator. And I, I, I've definitely gotten worse at math over time. The satisfaction of conquering difficult tasks. You want a strange people at school who love math? It's not that strange. As a person who finds satisfaction in a job well done, completing a goal and what have you, I can imagine math could be that way for some people. You have a complex problem and you solve it and you're like, yes! I mean, fuck, I used to enjoy playing Scrabble and completing crosswords. There's just something satisfying about having something as difficult and then over time coming to overcome it. People who only find relief that a problem has been solved, as opposed to satisfaction, I pity them. Because it must be very hard to continually force yourself to, to do the thing, knowing that even in the end of it, you're not gonna feel any positive feelings, more just like a lessening of negative ones. The improvements of laser eye surgery on my everyday life. Like I sometimes have to remind myself that my eyesight is now good. Because having contact lenses that I only took out once a month, which is not common, it was as if I had perfect eyesight, but there was just a, like a mild inconvenience sometimes. And the ever-present concern that I was damaging my eyes by leaving my contact lenses so long. Because there was always a risk of like eye infection or something with contacts that you, you don't take out every day. My first time trying cold coffee. So yesterday I was like, I think I want to start trying to get into coffee. What do people use to make coffee? Oh, like they make, have those coffee makers and espresso makers and stuff. I'll go see what those are about. And I watched this like eight minute tutorial of like, well, first you put the beans in here, then you grind them and then you have to pack them into here and they have to be this particular like height and stuff. And you put it in here and the pressure has to be, and I'm just like, oh my God, I had no idea making coffee, a good coffee was so annoying. 
I guess it's good to get instant coffee and stuff, but I'm like, I don't even want to boil water. I just take too long. Like, soft drink, I open the bottle and I drink it. And I've gotten used to that kind of turnover of immediate satisfaction. So I'm like, what if I can just get coffee that's already made? But then it won't be hot. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Let's just try cold coffee. So um, for my local supermarket, I got like every cold coffee that they had. And I'm going to try it. This is some Hunt and Brew Brazilian coffee or Brazil coffee. It tastes like cold coffee. It's all right. I think what I want out of the flavor, though, is less coffee and more chocolate. Coffee, to me, is just like a worse tasting chocolate. It'll taste terrible when you get used to it. I don't mind the taste of coffee. It's just not better than soft drink. But maybe this has more caffeine than soft drink. I can have it when I wake up. Because caffeine ain't doing shit for me anymore. I built up an immunity. The story behind the music I use in my videos. What's your music? I mean this music? It's a content ID free chill up playlist. It's linked below uh, each of my videos. The music is meant to be good or and or inoffensive depending upon your tastes. Like this is meant to be music that no one is displeased to be hearing, even if it is not their main preference. Like sometimes while listening to this chill hop, I'll like actually listen to it and be like, yeah. But most of the time I barely hear it. Like I'm not paying attention to it. And that's kind of why I like it for my streams. But you can recognize in my YouTube videos, I don't use chill hop. Because the YouTube videos are meant to be more fast paced, action packed, and they need better music. Well, at least once upon a time I did use chill up for them as well, but I, I I never really thought it was suited. But we just didn't really have time to make something better. Did I ever consider going abroad? Have I ever visited South a Asia? I've never been out of the country, dude. I sometimes see pictures of stuff in the world that I would like to go see. I see these beautiful blue oceans. I'm like, man, how good would it to be there? But then I realize like half an hour after being there and being like, hey, this is cool. I'd be like, this, this sucks. I want to go home. People say it's about the journey, not the destination, but I am totally about the destination. I do not at all like the journey. If I could teleport somewhere instantly in the world and see something cool, I'd be like, fuck yeah, man, let's go. If you tell me, oh, you have to go on like a flight for like 20 hours and then catch a cab there and you got to make sure to drop off your bags and organize stay and stuff and you got to get specific papers to be able to go there and you, you, maybe you don't know the language and stuff and... And he's like, ah, uh, why? No travel destination is good enough without the proper company? That's a good way of putting it, I suppose. Because at that point then, it isn't the journey, it's you get to spend time with uh, people you like. That sad thing about AU is that you're like a 20 hour flight from anything worthwhile. Yeah, that is a good point. Being in Australia does make it tough. Like obviously if you're like in the EU, and like you can just instantly cross between borders and like you're an hour's drive from another country with its own culture and uh, history and stuff. Like, that's a completely different thing than flying 20 hours for something. Like, I'm sure it's very common in Europe for you just to go on a holiday to another country just like, for the hell of it. Would I ever consider moving to a different country? It's too much hassle. I just don't know what I would gain from doing it. The only thing that I could imagine is if I met someone who lived in another country, like when I was on going to a convention or something, you know, 